Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight, our podcast is entitled, Don't Worry About It, Just Pray About It. I'm doing this podcast tonight as words of encouragement to new and even older saints. We're going to be looking at a universal problem among men and women today, and that is our tendency to worry. Some people are just natural born worriers. They worry about everything. And if they don't have any cares to worry about, they can find someone who has cares and they can worry for them. But as true believers in Christ, we are told not to worry. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The definition of worry is to torment oneself with cares and anxieties, to suffer from disturbing thoughts, and to fret. But the Bible tells us Christians that we're not to worry like the world does. Worrying causes us to suffer, to fret, and to otherwise be unhappy. But guess what? Now that you're saved, you have some benefits that the world does not have. You have a restored and positive relationship with God. You have Jesus interceding for you and saying good things about you. You have the Holy Ghost to help you, and you have a host of saved people cheering you on. While worrying torments you, Jesus has brought you peace. Be comforted in knowing that God hears you when you pray. The Bible tells us that God does not hear a sinner pray. One of the reasons why ministers work so hard to get lost men and women saved is because we want everyone to be able to have God listen to and answer their prayers. We know how badly men and women need the Lord on their side. However, the only prayer that God wants to hear from a sinner is the prayer of repentance. It is only when you become a worshiper of God that he will hear you. We say this based upon John 9:31, which says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. But new Christians, you are no longer a sinner, for you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You now have the powerful privilege of prayer. Prayer is an all-important weapon in your arsenal against worry. Tonight, we're going to talk about what prayer is, and then we're going to discuss supplication, thanksgiving, and requests, which are the other words of Philippians 4 and 6. Those words again, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, request. Prayer is direct communication with God. Isn't it awesome to know that little old you can talk directly to the God who made everything? The God of the universe is sitting and waiting to hear you speak to him. He wants to talk to you. Yes, he wants to talk to you. The Bible says that we ought always to pray and not faint. Luke 18 and 1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, 
that men ought always to pray and not to faint. The word faint in that scripture tells us that before we throw up our hands about a situation and get all frustrated and start to worry, talk to God about it. That's what fainting is. Some new Christians may think that you have to be sitting in some special position or that you must use certain words to talk to God, but that's not the case. God wants to talk to you in your language. Of course, we lift our hands to him in adoration and we do kneel before him in humility, but we're also able to speak to him and pray while driving our cars or sitting in a crowd. He didn't care that you might not have all of the wherefores and the vows and the thines down. He wants to hear your voice. Of course, you're not going to be disrespectful like some do with the yo homies or the hey JC, because you're going to be humble and respectful for who God is. Jesus' disciple asked Jesus to teach them to pray, and he taught them using what we often call the Lord's Prayer. Now, this prayer was simply a template or a pattern for how we can talk to God. Let's go over it together. Recite or read it with me. It's found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. So now let's go back and break the verses down so that we all understand what Jesus is telling us to say when he taught us this pattern of prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, recognizes God for who he is and where he's located. Satan is the small God of this world, but you're talking to the God of everything. Hallowed be thy name. Here you're honoring God and blessing his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God is coming to earth to live with men after he has overthrown Satan and all who are not found in the Lamb's book of life. That's Revelation 21 and 3. So you're saying just as all heaven obeys your will, God, that you want everyone in the earth to do the same. Next, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Here you're saying, I rely on you every day for my necessary food and drink. I know you to be the source of all my provisions, and I know I can trust you to feed me. Next, we say, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Here you're saying, forgive me for all of my sins based on how I have forgiven others. So that lets you know you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. The prayer next says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What you're saying to God is don't let me fall into any situation that's going to mess up my relationship with you, Lord. Protect me from all evil, even those that I might have caused myself. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You're saying, Father, you control everything and all that is, including all powers. And therefore, you deserve all the glory. All glory belongs to you. That last word, amen, says, drop the mic. That settles it. Now, let's look at the second word in our list from Philippians 4 and 6, which is supplication. A prayer of supplication is an earnest, humble petition or request. While the scripture does tell us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, we still have to recognize who God is and humble ourselves before him. As scripture Hebrew 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's discuss what is meant by boldness in this verse. The scripture tells us that even if you have been swinging on a pole before you were saved, or even if you were addicted to or selling drugs before salvation, you can now stand boldly beside anyone, even those who have lived for God for 70 years. You can just come right on up to the table, get your blessings like anyone else. Remember, once God has forgiven you, you have to forgive yourself. It does not matter how wrong we have been in the past. Once we're saved, we belong to God. We no longer have to see ourselves as the scum that we were, but we can approach him because he is our loving father. Have you ever seen a little puppy who might have been abused by its former owner? When that puppy is taken in by a gentle and loving new owner, that little puppy wants to trust. He wants to reach out in love, but he might be afraid. Well, you might have been abused by the devil before you yielded to God, but God is now saying to you, I love you and I want you to come to me. I will meet all of your needs. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Let's balance this thing out, though. We don't come demanding or trying to make God do anything either. We simply ask of him based on what he has already told us, what he wants to do for us. So even though you can come boldly before God, you still have to approach him in humility and recognition of who he is. God even tells us that he will provide for us just as he provides for the lilies of the fields and the little birds. Let's go through Luke 12, 22 through 32. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them, how much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, 
which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The third word in our list is thanksgiving. The late Apostle Lobius Murray often taught us that we can get more out of God by praising him than by begging him. Let God know that you are grateful for the things that he has already done. Remembering his past blessings to you will also help you to receive what you're asking for. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Have a thankful spirit before God. He loves that. And our final word in the list is requests, which means to express a desire for or to simply ask for. When we're asking God for those things that we need, and yes, some of our desires, we must remember that we're not to ask amiss. James 4, 2 through 3 says, Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Also, remember to pray for the needs of others rather than always crying out for your own needs. Or as I have heard others say, Lord, bless my four and no more. And before I close this discussion, I want to remind all of the new converts that have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have to ask God for it. God will give it to you. Luke 11, 9 through 13 says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Well, beloved hearts, I pray that this little lesson has been helpful to you. I am grateful that you have given your heart to the Lord and that you are on your way to heaven. Spread the word to others who may be looking for the Lord just like you. Be a light to them and do not worry about anything. Just pray. <music>